It's like success. Success is spiritual. Because it's not anything physical necessarily. A thought is spiritual. An idea is spiritual. You can't see it. There are two realms. Spiritual and physical. Okay? Natural, supernatural. Thoughts, ideas. Wisdom. These things exist in the realm of the spirit. And by taking actions, you, you know, materialize your blessing. The word is, is for you. Because do you have notes? Do you have a place where you write some notes? And help will always be close to you. So, never worry. Because God will always be with you. His eyes. explain that we are all priests to God. Right? Who remembers the definition? Of priest. Of the priest. I said a priest is. 
so much sacrifices and service for God. Is there something in the definition? Let me tell you know why I are important. They help to cement it in the memory. Like I said, go back to the physical. You know, many A priest first is a spiritual person. A spiritual person. What does it mean? They are more concerned about spiritual things than physical things. Hmm? And they have an understanding of service to God. And importantly, sacrifice to God. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 1, verse 6, that God has made us kings and priests, meaning Meaning you are royalty and a priest to God. Now, what happens is, the earthly life promotes and allows you to think about the kingly part. A king, a rich person, a queen, a rich person. Dresses good, smells nice, goes to good places. So, a lot of people are in pursuit of being or living as a queen, being a king. But they forget that he made us king priests, queen priests. So they forget the priestly part. But the priestly part is actually where the glory of the king is. This thing I'm saying is very, very deep. Every king needs a priest. Every queen needs a priest. That's how God has done it. Meaning one who understands the mind of God and conveys it to them. A person can't be a nation, a group of people, without having the word of God given to them. They would fail. Because they would misprioritize. God gives us wisdom. I once told my friend, if you know that this whole world is about one person, why live for anything else? If at the end of everything we do here, it's only going to be about one person. Do you know who that is? Jesus. Why live for anything else? That's my question. If only his opinion of you matters, his opinion of you determines whether you go to heaven or hell. His opinion of you determines what you do in eternity. Why live for anything else? Why live for a person's opinion? People's opinion? The world has too many people to please for you to be a person pleaser. It's the truth. People approve of you today. They will gossip you tomorrow. They will thank you today. They will hate you tomorrow. Only one person's opinion of you stays the same. Only one person you can harm and they will forgive you as though you never did it. Only one person truly sees you without judgment. His name is Jesus. Why before anyone else? Only his opinion matters. I tell people, Christianity is not so far that you can't keep it. You know, it's like business. A person comes and tells you, if you believe in me, which is free, you confess salvation, which is free, there will be life for you after. That's one of the scriptures you read. So the physical exercise promises something in the earthly realm. But spiritual exercise, godliness, is profitable in all things. It has a promise of life here on earth and a promise of life after earth. Tell me.
as a wise business person, as a wise boy, as a the one that has benefit here and after. What am I saying? Be glad that you are saved. Some people encounter the gospel. Some people don't. Some people encounter the gospel from the wrong person and end up not even believing. Some people have been scarred. Some people have been marked by the devil. In fact, they never want this person to believe. Maybe because they have a huge fall. But you have believed this gospel. You're a Christian. Be happy. His testimony was very touching because he has been in a very, very interesting place. Even, it's just us two in, in the family. So, <laughs> if, I, if I can't help him, I don't know who, <laughs> who's going to appear to help him. But, it's interesting. I was most silent. Because as you get older, life gets busier. So, I, I'll talk a little and just believe God. So, to hear, I wanted to hear the kind of solutions, like ideas, just ideas, new ways of, not everybody goes through a season, even, you know, the kind of thing you're and comes out, his ideas, things have saved me. I thank God. I thank God. One of the things I'll, I'll tell you by the end of this series, but I'm not, I'm not I'll tell you the next couple of topics we'll treat. You know, after this, we'll plan some things. So, you know, have that understanding for yourself. Alright? And then there's, there's a lot more stuff. But I'm thankful. So, don't aim to be a king or a queen, enjoying life, living a rich life without. Being a priest, meaning understanding service to God. That's why we have a lot of celebrities leading people astray. They are too big to go to church on Sunday. They are too high. But they can go to the club. But they can't humble themselves to go to church. It's not good. Alright, so I'm trying to fly a bit, but you're a priest. They're a priest. They're a priest. And Jesus is our high priest. Now, I read to you Galatians chapter 5, 16. It says we are called to walk in the spirit. And I told you that that means live life from the realm of the spirit. Be a spiritual person. See spiritually. Look at people spiritually. Care for them spiritually. You can't desire progress for somebody without knowing if they actually born again. I think born again. Comes from the Greek alothen. It means to be born from above. Meaning, are you born of God? No, we say, are you born again? We say, are you born of God? That meaning, does God recognize you as His child? You say, we're all children of God. Not necessarily. Maybe legally we are. In terms of Jesus paid for everybody to be saved. But you only come into salvation when the, like the Bible says, when you say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I take this personally. And I declare that you are the Lord in my life from this day, then you are born again. Right? Because God is not going to force that, you know, force salvation on you. Just that for you. But he was still rejected of me. He's still rejected of me. So he's not going to force it. 
Great. So I was, I was talking about speaking wisdom. Wisdom. Have you ever heard that wisdom is the principal thing? Have you heard that before? Wisdom is the principal thing. The reason wisdom is the principal thing is because no matter the circumstance you are in in life, if you have wisdom, you'll be able to make it out successful. Wisdom is the principal thing. It's what you need. Which is why some people say, okay, I don't, I don't pray to God for money anymore. I pray to God for wisdom. But I want to help shorten that journey because you can't really pray. The word pray means to ask. Please, I pray you give me food. I pray you. And you are still praying to me. You are still asking for what is already yours. You understand? So then, there's no point praying for it. So the problem we usually have is people don't know how to activate or use what God has given them. That's why we have such prayer points like we're praying that people wake up to their inheritance in Christ. When we say wake up to their inheritance in Christ, we're referring to inherit what they inherited, what they got because they were born again. They will be able to see this thing and be able to use it. For example, wisdom was given to you when you were born again. Faith, the ability to believe, was given to you when you were born again. There is no Christian that's without faith. But if you don't know, you think God give me faith. There's even a, a, a song I know that's give me faith. And, and it doesn't make any sense. And you see, God, I keep telling you, God is a logical being. He's a being. We came from him. So when you see that you can reason, you can think. Know that God can reason and think. So when you when you when you are praying to him and you think, give me faith, he's looking at you It's like your your father paying your school fees and, and then you're still asking for school fees. He's also looking at you. Is that? You can't really ask oh God, give me faith to overcome, give me faith to move this mountain. Faith is something we exercise. You use it. It's not something you really ask for. You use it. What is faith? Faith is acting on the word of God. God tells you, I've made you for signs and wonders. I've made you to be prosperous and victorious. So by faith, you start to believe that. Faith is obedience to God. Some things have been done. Okay. I want you to see something. First Corinthians chapter. And it's lovely what Sam's testimony called. He said, he was about how God chose that by the foolishness of preaching, he will save people. What 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 shall I tell you is that the Bible knows that when you preach to people, it looks crazy. You know, you look like people are like, I, I believe people can have their faith, but I don't think they should share it with people. We have someone say that God, I don't believe they should share it. You don't have to share with people, you don't have to convert others. God knows. But about this, he chose that through the foolishness that we look like fools when we're saying we want to go on evangelism, want to preach about Jesus. But he says he has chosen that method because his wisdom is wiser than his and his foolishness is still wiser than his. Meaning God's worst is still better than men's best. That's why they're made. You see that? So I love it about the of my leader and says. I don't care if I look like a fool. I don't care if I don't look cool. 
I don't care if I have something, something that is, I'll still be a fool for you, Jesus. That's what caused David to dance, dance, dance to you. Yeah. And Bible says the spirit was one that carried him on that dance. Okay. Well then, I put my hand on my face how many times. Okay, so first Matthew chapter 2, from verse 4 to 7. <laughs> I know why you love me. From 4 to 7. And my speech and my preaching. Are we there? Can you see it? And my speech and my preaching was not with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but in the demonstration of the spirit and of power. Somebody said, uh, if, you, if, if someone has hands laid on them and they fall, that's not the Holy Spirit. It's not the Holy Spirit, it's a demonic spirit. There's a church that we're preaching at. It's not demonic. Can you see demonstration there? Can you see what demon is there? Can you see? It's there, right? Why? Demons demonstrate. But what did Paul say there? He said, but in demonstration of the spirit, meaning demons demonstrate, the spirit also what? Demonstrates. Yes, sir? So the Holy Spirit is powerful enough. I'm not thinking the Holy Spirit is so gentle. No, 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 no. The Holy Spirit that parted the Red Sea, that was not a gentle move at all. <laughs> By the blast of his nostrils, the sea parted it. God is very soft and gentle. He's also very powerful. It's sad that, you know, I think people believe in the devil more than they believe in God. <laughs> when you see extraordinary levels of power manifested, you say, no, that guy has demonic power, demonic. My question is, what do you expect God to be like? That's what God should be. Then the devil, you try. He says, I didn't choose. Paul said, I didn't choose to use high words and wisdom to convince you. I used demonstration of the spirit and power so that your faith would not stand in the wisdom of men. I, I told you, if we win people by enticing words, somebody else will use enticing words to win them. But if we win people by the power of God, only a higher power can win them over. And which power is higher than God? Strategic evangelism. You have to think like that. By the power of God. You know what I'm noticing? When people come to see it here, they could be anything. Hmm? They could be clubbing, they could be diseases. After they really experienced it here, properly. Before they used to tell you that they will go out every Friday night, they don't tell you that anymore. The Holy Spirit has already started acting in them in a certain way. He's the one that causes. However, we speak wisdom. Oh, this is so deep. Verse 6. However, we seek wisdom. He says, I didn't use wisdom to convince you to Christianity. But he says, there is a wisdom we speak. He says, we speak wisdom among them that are perfect. That word perfect means mature. Those who are mature. Mature spiritual. Yet we don't speak the wisdom of this world. Not the princes of this world. That come to nothing. He says, that wisdom comes to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. We speak God's wisdom in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. If this is the only thing you learn, let it be. He says, we focus on power in ministry, but there is a time that we speak wisdom. We are talking to those who are spiritually mature. And he says, we're not talking about the wisdom of this world, 
But he says, a wisdom that comes from God. And God planned before you were born, before you came into this world, that this wisdom was for your glory. Meaning this was something that if you come into, your life would be glorified. Not just be glorified. Explain. It means, it means to be beautified. Like when we say, Jesus came out with a glorified body. Like Moses, when, when he was with um, the Lord for 40 days on that mountain, conversing with him, and God was giving him the commandments. The Bible says, he came down and he did not know that his face was shining. But why? Because he was subjected to the radiation. He was subjected to the glory of God for such a prolonged period. It's like if you stay in this room, let's say we really, really make it a very, very toxic space, just spray, spray, spray some comfort, 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 and you will sit here for a good life. By the time you go out to that natural world, people will say, where, where are you coming from? Or like those places you pass by people and they spray you. Alright? That's glorified. Meaning something has been sprinkled. There's something on it. Now God says, there is a wisdom that he ordained before you came here that was going to set you apart. That was going to give you a glory. That's what God says. He says, we speak this wisdom in a mystery. In a mystery. I want you to know that in a mystery. We speak it in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom of God, which nobody knew. We speak this wisdom. Which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. You know, they didn't believe it was the Lord of glory. But this shows you something about that wisdom. That wisdom is perceptive. It can identify. Jesus asked the disciples one time, Who do men say that I am? Who do people say that I am? And they said, Some say, You are Elijah. Some say, You are this. Then he said, Who do you say that I am? And then Peter spoke up and said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Then Jesus said, Peter, well done. Flesh and blood did not reveal. He said, the princes of this world, the wisdom of this world didn't reveal that to you. My Father revealed it to you. The wisdom of God is such that it helps you identify people. Helps you identify spirits. The wisdom of God is what I use when I'm sitting in this office, right, to, to, to speak with you. I don't see the current you. I see what God wants for you. So I address you by that image. That's why I can tell you, oh, Shani, you're better than this. You're born for greater than this. Sometimes you see, in fact, if you're out with me anywhere, this is this, and the Uber is taking too long, but the Uber that they brought to us was not like, I was born for more than this. <laughs> I was born for, because I know the image. Do you understand? God has given me. I said, I'm better than this. Without the wisdom of God, you. You walk in confusion. Right? But he tells us who we are. He says, We speak this wisdom in a mystery. And it was ordained for our glory, meaning for our success. So the question is, when do we speak this wisdom? Because remember, he says, We speak this wisdom. Okay? What do you know that? He said, We speak this. When do we speak this wisdom? Look at that word. When? It's why speaking with tongues is so important. First Corinthians chapter 14. I explained to you that the deeper things of life operate in kind of incantations, chants. Those are the powerful things. The deeper things of life are hard to understand. And don't worry, I said I said I'll, I'll, I'll pray for, for people this Sunday. But then we'll 
Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men, after five minutes. Right? Speaks not unto men, but unto God, for no man understands him. However, in the spirit, in the spirit realm, the person that is praying in tongues is speaking mysteries. And remember, it says you speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. The knowledge of God. Meaning, if you are in a point in your life where you feel like giving up, where you feel like things are difficult, and you need wisdom, you need an idea, you need something to help you, you can pray in tongues and actually depend. Why? Because you know that you're speaking mysteries in the spirit. And there's a gift called the interpretation of tongues. Meaning, God doesn't want it to just be that, okay, you're just speaking this thing that makes no sense to your mind. But you can actually rely on him for the interpretation of those tongues. And what happens when you've interpreted tongues? You're speaking the wisdom of God in a language that you finally understand. So you're in a bad situation. Like, Lord, I need your help. And you start to speak in other tongues. He says, You're speaking mysteries. You're speaking the wisdom of God. He says, Lord, I'm relying on you for an interpretation. If you've never interpreted your tongues, this is something that you definitely want, want to do. Don't always speak in tongues and just, just leave it like that. There are situations where you need a word. You need something to be released. You, 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 need, you need an answer. Maybe you need an answer to a prayer. Lord, what would I do? This, this person is sick. This person is not doing well. We've tried. We've gone to doctors. We, what do I do? You start to pray and intercede about this, this one case. You start to pray. You start to pray. And what are you believing God for? It's a particular, it's called Rema. A particular word of the Spirit. What is Rema? When the Bible says that the Spirit of God was moving upon the face of the waters, and then it said, light be. That's what it has, not just let there be light. It said, light be. Meaning light become, coming to be. That's right. You understand? It's that word of power. There are two kinds of words. I love this. I love where this is going. There are two kinds of words. The first is called words of lips. They just talk. And the second, words of power. And if you ever find that you prayed about something and it seems it didn't happen, maybe it's because your words were still at the words of lips. They are just mere mouthings. But the second, words of power. Those ones are backed by the power of God. You understand? Like when the disciples were trying to cast out the devil and they failed. But Jesus, eyes, ears, same as them. I'm pretty sure Jesus at least had some disciples that were taller than him. So it wasn't even the case of When Jesus spoke, the devil left. Why? Two kinds of words. So when you face a depressing situation where you need the power of God, you need to wait between these two kinds of words. You need words of power. You understand? Now, when Jesus did miracles, the Bible says people were amazed at the glory of God. Meaning, glory can also be another word for power. You understand? So, when we say we're speaking the wisdom of God, which was ordained for our glory, it was ordained for power. It was ordained for supernatural things happening. But it says that the access to this thing is through this, you're speaking in tongues. One thing about God is He will be to you what you want Him to be. 
That's what I am that I am means. It means I am what I am, to whom I will be what I will be to, when they want me to be it. It means that if you see him as a provider, he'll be a provider. If you don't see him as a deliverer, you, you, that side of him won't manifest. Are you following? So what do you see God to be? Do you see him only as a provider? Do you see him as your wisdom? Do you see him as a tutor that can help you even through, through uni? What do you see him to be? I am that I am. Why did he? Well, because Moses was asking, you know, what, what's your name? What should I tell them? But the name usually limits people's scope. Ask Alfred the butler. You have reduced to just that. So he said, I am what I am. That's what he said, I, I am. So whatever you want me to be, I will be. That's, that's the idea. So when we speak in tongues, when we speak these mysteries, we're speaking the wisdom of God, which carries a particular power. So the first place that we speak the wisdom of God is in prayer. That's what I want you to use. And when we do that, it brings glory and beauty to our lives. You are speaking codes. What do you think these movies were trying to teach us when they are saying Abracadabra, Abracadi, Abra? You think? You don't know the devil is smart. They know these things, but they are playing it cool through movies. What is that? There's another one. Uh, open sesame. <laughs> no? Sesame, yeah. They're putting these things in movies. You don't, you are just thinking like you say. No, but chance, chance, codes. They have power. They have meaning. That's how they open things. There are people that carry such. But the inspiration was from speaking in tongues. What does the devil do? He carries a principle that God uses. Twists it and uses it for his own purposes. That's how he does it. You put it in movies so that you downplay it. But it's really a thing, it's a code. Life is all about coding. I don't even have time to like go into it. But I think a lot of things, it's all programming. Everything we enjoy, the more we understand coding, the more the more beautiful life becomes. This website, coding. Scrolling, coding. Automatic door, coding. When you feel, when you see a human being, open. It's all coding, codes. When you speak in tongues, it says you are actually speaking codes and mysteries, which can do certain things in the realm of the spirit. That's how long we can be speaking favor into your future. Something about your circumstance. And my question is, if we have such a great gift, why would you choose that you be one? People like that, they told them, I, I remember a priest told them something. He said, yeah, some people speak in tongues and people That means the Holy Spirit is unfair. Anybody can speak in tongues. He said what? Desire spiritual gifts. Desire, that's all we need. Do you want to speak in tongues? Do you want to see that? Do you want to see the wisdom of God in operation? God responds to desire. He doesn't use the most qualified. He actually uses the hungry, the thirsty, the ones that want. Important things to consider. So the best part about these chants and these things that carry the, the power of God is the Holy Spirit doesn't require us to memorize 10,000 codes and say, look, okay, this one's for opening doors, this one's for. No, he says, just open your mouth, I'll fill it. 
In Acts chapter 2, the Bible says that they spoke in tongues because the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. How do you know they spoke in tongues? Sometimes when we pray for people to receive the Holy Spirit, they think the Holy Spirit is just going to move your tongue and you know, it doesn't be going like that. <laughs> no. You speak in tongues by faith, and the Holy Spirit will act that utterance. He will help frame those words perfectly. Smith Wigglesworth said, It starts off in the natural. There's some prayer sessions, you open them, but you, you start that. But after a while, you would notice that there was another, there was something that was pushing you. Pushing you. And then those, the, the chords become very specific. That's when the Holy Spirit has taken over that prayer. And that's where the true power is. Or sometimes, some people, they're too used to the passive one. Those are very passive. But have you stayed to kind of get into it? We're going to talk more about that in terms of giving yourself over to the Holy Spirit. Because that's what the power in prayer is. It's not just in just praying generically. Remember, He's the power. He's the one that controls it. The power is when you give yourself over to Him. When He is not controlling. So the tongues are different. They're intentional. You start to notice an intelligence behind the tongues. Remember, He's the author of the language. Hmm? So, when you speak the wisdom of God in prayer, there is dynamic ability. Dynamic ability. Dynamic ability. I want to see something. First Corinthians, chapter 2. From verse 6. 6 to 10. It tells us, however, we speak this wisdom not the wisdom of God, not the princes of this world that come to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in the mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. They would not have crucified the Lord of glory. As it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But God has revealed these things unto us by who? The Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit searches all things. He searches the deep things of God. For what man knows the things I'm going, I know I'm going beyond, but what man knows the things of man, except the spirit that is within him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Only the spirit of God knows the deep things of God. Now we have received, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. That we might what? What do we have there? We receive not the spirit, that's verse 12, but the spirit of God, that we might what? No. No. The first reason, and the most important reason we received the Holy Spirit was to know things. To know the deep things of God. To know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak. So I want you and Paul, this is lovely. We receive the Spirit so that we might know things that have been given to us. Then it says, these things that have been given to us, we also what? Speak them. So we read in the Word of God. By the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that there is great grace to be enjoyed. There's favor to be enjoyed. So in prayer, what do I do? Remember, I told you, you've been given something, but you don't know how to put it to work, right? So it's been given to me. I see it in the Word. The Holy Spirit has revealed it to me. I now speak it in prayer. This is how to convert from the pages of the Bible into what you actually experience. So you begin to speak those things. 
Not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, verse 13, but which the Holy Ghost teaches. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. What does the Holy Ghost teach? What does he inspire in you? Those tongues, that language. So he says, when you're speaking in tongues, you're actually speaking the promises of God. You're speaking the, the blessings of God that he has for you in the word of God. He says, but the natural man doesn't understand these things. The carnal guy doesn't understand the things of the spirit of God. They are foolishness to him. Neither can you know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual, you who are spiritual, the priests of God who are spiritual, judge all things. Yet he himself is judged of no man. This is why he's juggling around, right? But don't worry, it's very simple. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Verse 16. This is a mystery, but it's such a good thing. And I and I hope you get it. Who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? What does this mean? Who, like, no one has the mind of the Lord that, so that he can tell him what to do. Man. What it means is that whoever has the mind of the Lord, what? Can tell him what to do. I don't know what Sam to say. Oh, okay. Can you see it? Let's read. What, what, look at what does mind what that means. Who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? Meaning, whoever has the mind of the Lord can instruct him. Is that what? You can see? Then he says what? We have the mind of God. Deep. That's what I just said, yes. Wait, wait. He's hitting some people. Read it. Just read it. Read it well. Yes, so, and look at what the Bible is telling you. Oh, I'm back in numbers, I'm back in faces, I'm back in... You're 
you are discounting the mind of Christ this week. So have a sound mind. I understand things. In fact, doesn't explain. You learn to see yourself as intelligent. I didn't get here by mistake. I convinced myself that I was this person long before I read it. I'm telling you. I've been thinking I'm this person since. And in fact, when I see myself now, very, very far. So when I get there, it won't be a surprise. Why? I have the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ can't be confused. If Christians really think as they are, they will not be despondent. You're not supposed to be despondent. Hopeless. Feeling like you have no hope. Like there's nothing you can do. How would Christ think? How would Christ think? That's what the mind of Christ is about. How would he think? How would he think? How would he think? I'm showing you how to activate the wisdom of God because it's something that I do. There was a time I was, I was having a long walk, you know, city center, working on this long walk, going to city center, and I did something because I wanted to inspire me to. And you know, close. And he said, just say the wisdom of God. I have the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God. Just just keep saying that. So I said, keep saying. I was meditating on this, right? And I just kept saying, the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God. I have the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God is that. It didn't take long. I started having abundance of revelation. Just flying into my system. And I said, I put a note. I called it my spirit bird. I started documenting these things. The wisdom of God. Isaiah chapter, that was the last one. Isaiah chapter 5. The wisdom of God. I have the wisdom of God. I have wisdom. I speak wisdom. That's exactly what he told me. I speak wisdom. Yeah. That's all. Because he says, we speak wisdom of God. So I I speak wisdom. I speak wisdom. And Wisdom started. Why? Because it's in your spirit, remember? Because you receive the Holy Spirit. But it will not be activated automatically. What is it? From verse 11. 5 verse 11. He says, What to those that rise early in the morning? He says, Cursed are those who rise early in the morning, that they may follow after strong drink. When you start your day with wine, start your day with Who continue until night, until wine inflames them. This is a mystery. When the apostles first received the Holy Spirit, because of how they were acting, people thought they were drunk. You read that in Acts chapter 2. When Peter spoke up and said, Men are brethren, these people are not drunk. But this is just the fulfillment of scripture that the Holy Spirit was going to come upon some people and they'll begin to prophesy. They'll begin to dream dreams, they'll begin to have visions. So, they're not drunk. But he says something. He says, there's a mystery that if you start your day with wine and you continue until night, he says it will produce something. It will produce a flame. Till it inflames you. And that's what the Holy Spirit was trying to teach me. When he says, I speak wisdom. I speak the wisdom of God. I speak the wisdom of God. It starts to get into your system. Till it inflames you. Question, have you gone to that point? When you're praying in tongues, till it inflames you. 
You've been in my house before. But say I went to your room and I was praying, praying, and next he started hearing me shouting. I said, like, <laughs> From nowhere. Because I'm just going mad, all in there, back on their own. In their own. It's something that the Holy Spirit inspires. And when people see it, it's as though this person has changed form. They're drunk. They're high on something. But he says, don't have earthly wine. He says, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. What did I want you to gain from today? First, that there is wisdom inside you. Okay? But this wisdom has to be activated. And that wisdom is activated when you pray in tongues. It gives you insight into situations. If you're confused about something, you're able to pray in tongues and find out what is the cause. Because we're recording, I won't say something, but before a person of all the people I mentioned, right, told me about them being sick, maybe some hours before, the person came up in my spirit and God told me something about them that they're going through. Only for them after to tell me that they say, but it's there's something to do with. Hmm? I've gone to the doctor, this is it, they don't know what it is. But I know what it is. Spiritual something. You know what's beautiful about this? I don't know in percentage how much of this sound you understood. But even everybody, but trust me, what I'm doing, there are three levels of learning, okay? Exposure, trying, and then mastery. When you are exposed to other information, at first it's unsettling because you're like, hey, I'm not really following. There are times where I could preach this kind of thing and I I, I'll tell you, there was a way James used to look at me. She may not know, but there was a way she used to look at me. And I, and I knew that this was a bit of uneasy information. I knew, but I continued. Now, there's when I talk about it, James just listens to that. <laughs> because I know, I know that something has interest. You understand? It starts with exposure. You're like, what is this guy saying? Because not every someone is that easy to digest. But after a while, you'll be able to relate to it. Then you would have friends. And your friend tells you something, you say, come, let's pray. Let me do exactly the thing Right? Because you start to understand some things. That's the real Christian world. When you start fixing problems, spiritually. And that's what I, I want us to see in TNT. I want us to start seeing it. You start to see spiritual. That's what the wisdom of God does. It's insight, alright? It's insight into reality, into the truth. It's spiritual. You look at the problem, you look at the thing, and you understand what's happening. These are the deeper parts and things that God has showed me that I, I hope to be able to break down very well. But believe me, what I'm saying is very important. You'll be a solution bringer if you get it. The wisdom of God, insight. So when you pray in tongues, you are fixing matters spiritually. It'll become something deep to you. It'll become something deep to you. 
What's the next one of these things? You remember one of two things? Don't worry. When we we won't forget. But that's what happened. As you pray in tongues, you're speaking with wisdom. You're speaking with wisdom. I've also taught you about words of lips and words of power. For a long time, I struggled with this concept and I didn't know that it was my problem. So I read it somewhere and I understood the difference. You need words of power to change situations. Not that I like about it here. Yeah? It's kind of set up upon quote unquote all my feelings. All the places where I got it wrong, I did not understand. So that people don't have these issues. That's why anyone, when I when when I tell you, I'll pray for you tomorrow. It makes sense to only put me <laughs> Because you get it. I'm looking forward to when you start converting a lot of your scriptural knowledge into practical experience. It will take a new form for you. I mean, it will be a new thing. It will be a new thing. You become more than a preacher of the word. You become a demonstrator. You start to engineer the word. We'll see it. We'll see it. We'll see it. Why in God's time? Why in God's time? Father, thank you for everybody who has listened to this message. Thank you because you give up for Who is in need of wisdom? Who is confused about something? Father, give them ideas. Open your eyes to be able to see your truth. To be able to read, to see people, to discern things. Speaking to their ears, the spiritual ears, let them hear. Let them hear. Let them be able to walk in your wisdom, in your path, in your plan for them. Let them have results. Let their words be filled with power. Let them be a demonstration of the spirit. Let the words change them. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen.